Hello and welcome. I'm Vanessa Roberts, and this is the Power of Technology series on Federal News Network. Today, we're going to talk about how artificial intelligence transformations are really reshaping the future of government and public services, and also look at what's happening with AI and machine learning right now. Our guests today are Tony Celesti. He's the Executive Director and General Manager for Public Sector at Ingram Micro, and Art Villanueva. He's the Chief AI ML Technology Architect for Federal Strategic Programs at Dell Technologies. Welcome, Tony and Art. Good afternoon, Vanessa. Good afternoon. It's great to see you guys. Thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Let's start off by talking about the role that artificial intelligence and machine learning are playing today in government operations and public services, and maybe share a few explicit examples with us. You want to start, Art? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, in general, there there are a lot. Of, I mean, I, I, probably the more uh, apt question is, you know, what uh, does AI and ML not touch? Because uh, everything, everything within the government is going to be affected by AI and ML. Uh, uh, but I like to categorize the the areas in in kind of you know a few large you know large buckets. Uh, one is improving efficiency and, and accuracy. Uh, that includes automating routine tasks, uh, automating the data entry type of tasks and sorting and responding to public inquiries, uh, improving speed and accuracy of uh, document processing. As we know, uh, the, do the, the, the government has, uh, you know, tons and tons of, of documents. Uh, one of our customers recently, uh, one of the national labs, uh, I know, had uh, millions of documents that need to be sorted out. So that's one of the things that that uh, AI and ML can uh, can help with. Uh, the the second bucket I like to talk about is a enhanced decision making uh, and predictive uh, capabilities. So that that includes uh, improved planning and, and resource allocation. Uh, and uh, you know what one of the things uh, that I like to to um, to talk about also is uh, infrastructure maintenance, and you know, with with predictive maintenance, uh, you can now uh, figure out when something is about to break and and kind of take uh, take action even before uh, actual maintenance has to happen because something has, has broken. Uh, and then, uh, not a lot of people talk about this, but uh, improving relationships with uh, with your citizenry. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't trust the government and don't like dealing with the government. Uh, and uh, AI and ML, uh, as we have seen, such as, you know, using things such as ChatGPT and OpenAI's technology, uh, we, can, we can mitigate some of that. Uh, those of you that, that have worked with uh, the DMV and the post office or dealt with them uh, in the past, uh, uh, those are prime examples of where AI and ML can be used. Tony, you want to jump in and add a yeah, few things? Yeah, uh, Art touched on a lot of broad areas there uh, as it relates to artificial intelligence and machine learning. And I think one of the most unique things is, you know, the federal government's not always known for being an early adopter of technology. And in the case of artificial intelligence and machine learning, they really have been. Uh, they've been using it since its infancy in many different ways. And I think it's if we look at um, it around maybe what we would call narrow AI, 
versus generative AI. And we're at that stage right now where it's transforming and that's kind of opening, you know, broad areas, but take some specific examples like the NASA uh, rovers, which went to Mars. Well, those systems were in development many, many years before something was launched and then had to travel all the way there. And the spirit and the opportunity were navigating on the surface of Mars without human intervention. So there was a really good example. The Food and Drug Administration uses a handheld device today to visually uh, make a comparison of a pharmaceutical to determine if it's counterfeit or fraudulent. So that's a, you know, you see the application in terms of public safety. And then we're all reliant on getting the weather today. And so many things are impacted uh, based on weather related activities as it could result in natural disasters, but also when our military and our, our first responders are uh, dealing with situations related to public safety. So all of those are really examples of how the government's already been using and employing AI and machine learning. And it's only gonna continue as generative AI advances. Well, let's, let's move into that area a little bit. So we've talked a little bit about what's already happening and that there's been a lot of use of AI and ML. And it's a lot of times people aren't even aware how much it's being used. But let's talk about what maybe what the opportunities are, right? What are the opportunities that might be on the near horizon or maybe even a little bit farther out? Um, for instance, one thing that comes to mind is maybe the challenge of maintaining institutional knowledge in the government. That's a huge piece and it's very hard for agencies to do. Um, but maybe there's other ideas. Do either one of you want to jump in first on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I uh, when you say institutional knowledge, I, uh, I, I assume you're, you're talking about... Uh, you know, document management and and, uh, and and things of that sort, right? Uh, yeah. I, I had mentioned, uh, in, in, in fact, um, you know, that's that's one of my one of my favorite things to study. Actually, I, I when I got my uh, my my doctorate uh, in in systems engineering, I specialized in document management uh, and, and using AI for document management. There's a ton of possibilities. Uh, and and a lot of opportunities for using uh, document management. Um, you know, for one, uh, one of the things uh, that um, uh, actually one of the most important things is actually document classification. Right, when you have a, gaz a gazillion uh, documents that you need to pour through, where do you start if you need if you need to learn something? Right. Where, where, which documents do you do you start, and which ones do you do you follow on with? Uh, so there, there's lots of work uh, in that. Uh, one of the things, uh, like I said, is classification. The other thing is, is if you want to learn something, uh, not a lot of work has been done in this this uh, area yet. But do, uh, uh, document ordering. If you want to learn a particular a branch of knowledge. Which documents do you want? You know, which documents do you uh, do you read first, and which ones do you do you read later? Right, because you know one document may or may be a prerequisite for another one. So that that's that's uh, that's another area. Uh, another area is summarization of documents. Uh, like I said, even if you decide, even if you find out that you have all these documents that you need to read in a particular order that you're supposed to read them, there's just no way 
for a a human to get all that information and absorb all of it. Uh, it it's uh, um, so so one of the things that that you can do is is document summarization. Right? Uh, Chat GPT, among uh, other types of of solutions, uh, have uh, excellent ways of of um, of summarizing those documents. Um, but ChatGPT isn't the only uh, document summarization algorithm uh, or model out there. There, uh, there are dozens, maybe even hundreds types of models. Um, so uh, definitely, you know, um, using AI and ML for, for document management is, is, uh, is a rich, a very rich area. Well, that seems like it would be very useful in the federal government where you had such vast troves of information, right? And you're always so having new people coming into the government, you're having agencies trying to share information and learn things from one another. That type of ability to more quickly comb through things instead of having people actually doing that, which does still happen in some instances, um, seems like a huge potential. What do you think, Tony? Yeah, absolutely. So Vanessa, both you and Art touched on some really interesting things with the size and scale of our government. Remember, as an institution, the federal government's been around now over 200 years. And as it's evolved and it's grown, so too has that institutional knowledge and the massive data sets that are out there. And how do you sift through all that? And then coming out of the pandemic, what we also saw was lots of change in workforce. So there was the discussion about, you know, the great retiring, so to speak, where people left and they weren't planned to leave. And with them left large swaths of institutional knowledge that they had amassed over maybe 20, 30, 40, even some 50 year long careers with government. So mapping out an organization its people, its processes, its functions, its roles, and building on that data set to allow for knowledge management is a way to preserve that information that individuals gain over time and then enables new workers to come in and get up to speed far more rapidly without a disruption in service to the citizens or maybe it's protecting our service men and women, or even in the education side, helping educators teach and students learn in new ways. So these things matter and, and AI and machine learning are gonna play a role about it. Think just about how we ourselves use the internet to search and find information today. And now imagine applying that same concept inwardly on our own businesses or our own organizations, or in the case of the federal government or on those institutions and allowing individuals to know where to go, who to react, how to respond, how this question has been addressed in the past in real time, big impact. Right. And I think that gets to the point that you were talking about Art, with like the trust thing, which is something I want to circle back to for sure after we have a quick break, you guys. So we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Ingram Micros, Tony Celeste, and Dial's Art Villanueva on the Power of Technology series, sponsored by Ingram Micro. This is Federal News Network, and I'm Vanessa Roberts.
Welcome back to Federal News Network's Power of Technology series with today's guests, Ingram Micro's Tony Celesti and Dell's Art Villanueva. I'm Vanessa Roberts. So let's dive right back in. Before I said we wanted to talk about transparency and the importance of that and also trust. So maybe, Art, you can start us off by talking about what are some of the challenges um, that agencies face with transparency and trust. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, trust is absolutely a a huge factor in in uh, in whether or not you know AI uh, or or how AI is going to be adopted uh, in in the federal government, uh, local governments, or really industry. Uh, there, you know, trust uh, is uh, unfortunately a, a difficult thing to get because people don't understand it. People don't under understand AI, and if you don't understand something, you make up things. And uh, or you and or you don't trust uh, you don't trust it. Uh, so and and you know in it's, some of that is uh, you know can be attributed to uh, you know results of what AI or ML provides a lot of times. Uh, one of it is uh, is bias, right? Uh, depending on what data you're uh, your model or your machine algorithms have been trained to do, uh, bias can be introduced into the system. And what does bias, what does bias mean? Uh, bias really uh, means uh, the data uh, or the algorithm has be, been skewed in some way uh, to favor something else that may not really be there. Right, so uh, so people see bias, and that's one of the reasons. Uh, the other the other reason is uh, is uh, transparency and accountability. Uh, a lot of times, uh, your algorithms, especially nowadays with Chat B, Chat GPT, uh, Chat GPT is a black box, and it it takes in data and it spits out uh, some output. Uh, for most people, the vast majority of people, uh, they don't know what happens within that black box. It just gives you a result. Um, and if you don't know how that result is is gotten, uh, then you you uh, you may not trust what it provides you. Uh, I I was introduced to a term um, actually fairly recently over the past couple of years. Uh, and it's called explainability. And explainability is a huge term uh, that is, uh, well, it's an important term that uh, really became popular with machine learning uh, and, and uh, natural language processing. Uh, and that basically means how did your machine learning algorithm or model get to the solution that you're asking for. Uh, and if the uh, if people don't understand how that works, then you have trust issues. Yeah. Right. Um, and Tony, maybe talk about, you know, recently, you know, OpenAI's to talk about ChatGPT, OpenAI CEO, he was on Capitol Hill talking on this matter. And, you know, Tony, maybe talk about what do you think the role of the government should be in regulating the use of AI? And also maybe that, a little bit on that transparency issue and why that matters to agencies, like why they need to know what's happening inside that black box. Yeah, so I, 
I'm going to answer your two questions, transparency and what's going on, you know, coming out of the discussions on Capitol Hill and what regulators should be in. But before I go there, I want a couple points that Art touched on that really triggered, which is people don't really understand what AI and machine learning is. And it's evolving so quickly and rapidly, the demand for people who do understand it and have that expertise, it's gonna be hard for the government to get hold of those people. So they're gonna to have to rely on, on industry. And then it really depends when you look at government, who you're talking to, um, at, to really understand what their trust challenges are gonna be. Uh, the policymakers are very concerned about the transparency issue or the protection of people's information. But our national security and DOD concerns are how, you know, to stay ahead of our adversaries and how this technology might be used to harm us. And then law enforcement, different concerns around chain of custody and evidence or, or our researchers and how they may want to use it. So those things are going to really matter when you're starting to have these conversations with agencies as to who you're talking to, to what they're, they're gonna, what are gonna be the real challenges that they're thinking of and concerned with. Now, as it relates to, you know, where should, you know, the government be, uh, you know, focused on from a transparency perspective, Absolutely. They have to put it out there for, for public opinion. They've got to educate um, the citizens how they've been using this technology for decades and really spend some time talking about that narrow AI, those narrow AI uses and, and how it's cataloging and categorizing information and bucketing and making them more efficient and saving their tax dollars and how this generative AI is really just an expansion of that now, because today, quite frankly, we have the processing power, the, the capacity, storage capacities, the networking capabilities, and, and far vast amounts of data that we can run these algorithms and these models against in a meaningful timeframe to get those powerful insights that Art was referring to. So as it relates to uh, regulation, I think the government absolutely has, a, has to have a hand in protecting its citizens from this technology. Now, at the same time, it's also gotta be very careful because we've had experience with over-regulating and the pendulum can go too far one way or the other. Um, but in this case, I think the, the administration and our government's off to a good start. Um, the Office of Science and Technology Policy, OSTP, just uh, offered up a blueprint for an AI Bill of Rights. And it added, you know, five principles to guide the, the, the design, use, and deployment of artificial intelligence. And it led off with being safe and effective. And then uh, Art also touched on this area about bias. So it wants to make sure that there's protections in that technology against discrimination, any type. And then built in 
data privacy and that citizens would have a say in what that is. And then um, Art also talked on, on this topic related to transparency was this idea of notice and explanation. People need to understand where this technology is being applied and how it's being used and it needs to be transparent. And then we need to have, if there are problems identified, we need to have some sort of recourse or consideration that enables us to either fall back, stop the use of the technology if there's a, an issue or a problem, or adapt it in such a way so that it's not being misused. So I think a hand in regulating, um, but it's got to be very prudent. They don't want to get go too far one way or the other, and they want to take their time and see how this evolves. All right. Well, before we wrap up, what do you guys think are the future holds? What are the long-term really exciting potentials of AI, ML, and government? Um, at the very beginning of our conversation today, we kind of started to talk around that idea of citizen engagement a little bit, um, but also maybe more along the lines of government decision-making processes. Both those things came up, but maybe you guys can talk about what you expect to really see on the on the a little bit farther horizon and what's exciting you about that, Art? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about, uh, you know, smart cities, right? Uh, you know, it's not, uh, you know, the, the term is not new, uh, but we talked, when, when we talk about smart cities uh, over the past several years, uh, it's always been with energy uh, and, and it's, always been with uh, uh, devices, uh, you know, uh, IoT devices connected to the internet and being able to talk to each other. Now, it's a very, very real possibility. It's not just a possibility. I mean, this is happening now that uh, a lot of artificial intelligence is being injected into smart cities. And what does that mean uh, for you know, for uh, for the government, you know, for citizenry, uh, that means uh, being able to to manage uh, energy usage, energy generation much more efficiently, uh, being able to manage um, the uh, waste, uh, being able to identify where uh, potential dangers are going to happen, uh, whether it's uh, you know, whether it's crime. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of, um, uh, of, of the movie um, Minority Report, you know, right. with, uh, <laughs> uh, and now that, that's about 20 years ago, right? It's not, not quite there yet, right? But there's lots of those, uh, a, a lot of those components in that movie are actually happening. They're real now. Um, and um, so... So, you know, being able to to handle things like that uh, uh, is really very exciting to me. But but there is one thing that I, I want to to touch on though. With all these things that are happening because of AI and ML, jobs are going to change a lot, and almost every job is is going to have to change. Um, there will be some loss of jobs. There are going to be new jobs generated. Um, in fact, yeah, the, you, know, you may have seen 
recently that the new job, uh, new career path that's that's popped up is prompt engineer. What's a prompt engineer? It's a, it's somebody that's able to efficiently uh, type up commands to chat GPT or similar types of generative AI to be able to uh, uh, to generate what the user wants. Um, and, you know, and um, uh, but I think the biggest change will not will not be in loss or or uh, or gaining of new jobs. It will be transformation of of current jobs. Uh, so a lot of the things that are mundane can now be automated or will continue to be automated, and that makes the uh, the user. Uh, or the person be able to focus on really the big things and the more creative things of uh, their position. Thank you. That was those are a lot of interesting things in there. Honestly, super fascinating. But Tony, you get the last but quick word because we need okay. To I think the up. future is very bright, and this technology is not new. It and I touched on this before. It's just now we have the processing, storage, networking capacity, and thus the data repositories to actually start really putting the power of AI and machine learning to work to vastly improves our, our lives, providing faster and better insights, which is gonna enable us to ensure our safety, right? Protect our first responders, servicemen and women, drive better health outcomes for citizens and veterans, it's just going to improve our interactions and our life experience and overall well-being. And um, the, the future is incredibly bright. Well, I want to thank you both for this really great conversation today. It was lovely to talk to you. I'm Vanessa Roberts. I've been talking with Tony Celeste. He's the Executive Director and General Manager for Public Sector at Ingram Micro and Art Villanueva. He's the Chief AIML Technology Architect for Federal Strategic Programs at Dell Technologies. To learn more about the power of technology, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Ingram Micro. Have a great day and see you soon on Federal News Network.